Welcome back to The Remote Life. My name is Han Talbot, also known as Hamlet's World, and today we'll be chatting with Sally Bunnell. Originally from the US, Sally is the founder of Navi Savvy, an app where you can upload your travel content and get paid for every piece that is approved. In this episode, we talk about Navi Savvy and who can post, working with investors as a remote business owner, and some helpful things to know when running a remote business. So grab a coffee, a tea, or something stronger, and let's get started. And we're live on the Remote Life Podcast. Sally, welcome. How are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm good, as always. You're just Having tuning. a good time. Yeah. Where are, where are you tuning in live today? Well, that's a fun question. I am in Rotterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Not expecting it all of this place on my journey. But um, yeah, I'm here and I've had such a fun time. I keep extending my stay. So now yeah. I came in. After Tomorrowland, I came here from Brussels, and I had a friend that lived here. And then, uh, yeah, I've just been having a good time, and <laughs> it's been over a week now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> came well, last Thursday. What I absolutely love about it is, is I'm always like, where the heck is Sally today? Like, she's in Tomorrowland. She's in, uh, where were you before that? Like, you were in London at one point, and then obviously we saw each other in Dubrovnik not that long ago. Like, you're just yeah, in Stockholm, then in Vita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wasn't jealous at all. <laughs> You're just like, you know, the world is your oyster right now. And it's amazing. But yeah, welcome. It is. I'm not going to stop, especially after the pandemic. I'm like, all hell broke loose. So although I did pretty much travel all the 2021, but. <laughs> no, you know what? World is your oyster. Go for it. But yeah, do you know what? Connect the dots for us, Sally. Tell us about your remote life journey so far. And a bit more about Navi Savvy. Oh, remote life journey. Well, technically, I've kind of been living, I was kind of a digital nomad back in the day when I was in my previous life of working at a record label. About every year, I think I, when I did my taxes, I did the calculation and I only, I was on the road nine months every year for my last, for my previous role at a record label. So I've always been working by the pool and work hard, play hard kind of lifestyle. I thought I would outgrow that in the last decade or so. And that it's just so in my brain of like how I operate that I can sit down and knock out a week's worth of work in like a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how I operate. But, you know, it's it's also a, a labor of love. And when you love what you do, you really don't work a day in your life. I'm always checking email. or I'm always, you know, on a, a Saturday writing and recording and doing things. So I guess on this previous kind of journey, I actually gave up my New York City apartment. Officially, I moved out in the start of 2021, and I became pretty much a full-time digital nomad at that point and was traveling uh, with the Wi-Fi tribe at that time. And, you know, I was like, ah, Colombia, Central America, you name it. And so I pretty much traveled all of 2021. And then this year, I actually went home and kind of sat still after the holidays and I usually say sitting back home has the expiration date of milk. And I w- it was way overdue. It was like milk that sat on you know, at Walmart on the shelf before you put it in the refrigerator. So it was pretty much I sat there for like four months, three or four months. And my, my home base technically is my parents' house in the middle of Nebraska, which is like 700 people and five mm-hmm. hours from a major airport. When I say I'm going home, it's like, there's no McDonald's. I've never had a pizza delivered to my house. Like there is one gas station. Like it's small. Small. So um, but yeah, when I did, I, I did a few conferences throughout this year uh, with Navi Savvy. It was at the Travel and Adventure Show in Chicago and then joined Women in Travel Summit and or the 
I don't know. I was all over. I went basically from Chicago to New Orleans to South by Southwest to New York City. I went home for a hot moment. And then at that point was kind of the beginning of my next chapter of travel, which was I was already booked to go to TravelCon in Memphis. And we got the news that we had won the Workplace Culture uh, Conference in Dubrovnik. So I found that out about two days before it was supposed to take off for TravelCon. So I was like, holy shit, I need to organize to be gone now for a bit. So I rearranged my life within two days, flew to TravelCon, flew from Memphis directly to Croatia, where I met up with you. And then was in Croatia for like three weeks. I kept going to the next conference and, yeah. you know, just having a good time. And and then I was like, oh, I'm already over here. What's what's it going to hurt? So, yeah, so I jumped to Ibiza. Then I went to Marbella to Tbex. And then I went to Amsterdam for another tech conference in Stockholm just for midsummer and a little bit of... I mean, I had an Airbnb. You couldn't have an Airbnb experience more authentic than I had in Swedish midsummer. So I was like... That's a must-do. Then I flew to London for investor meetings, back to Ibiza, Brussels for Tomorrowland. Now I'm in Netherlands. And where to next? I haven't booked it yet. So the hotel's till tomorrow. So. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. So tell us about Navi Savvy. And obviously, like you've had some amazing news recently. So go for it. Tell us. Yeah. Uh, I always say when uh, God opens a door, you didn't have to kick it in. And that's kind of what's been happening to us lately. And yeah, uh, yeah so we got approached by Meta and, and started June out of nowhere, just through LinkedIn. And they were looking for native video apps in which, you know, had content that they could share directly to their new Facebook reels that they were going to be rolling out. So we've been working with Meta for about the last six to eight weeks getting kind of the, the integration in and then we're actually have an attribution link in which everything will then link back to Navi Savvy to download or to go to the app. So that will be coming out in the next week or so in which we'll really be doing a huge push for all our Navi Savvy users. It's excellent because now they can come to Navi Savvy first, upload their original content unedited, and then they can share directly from our platform to any of Meta's um, direct, which would be Facebook Reels, Stories, Instagram Reels, and Stories as well. So, and then what's if we have, you know, we already have around 30,000 pieces of content on Navi Savvy in which we're going to be pushing out there, really getting out to the public. And we're also going to be announcing in the next few weeks our new um, shareable playlists. We have a web version that's going to be coming out of Navi Savvy. So then you can actually sign up online for Navi Savvy. You can actually share your playlist. So if you put together your 20 favorite things to do in London or hot eats in Ibiza or whatever that might be, you can now start sharing that as a hyperlink that would link back to and you can watch all that content directly. So it's really just going to open the floodgates for being able to share recommendations through videos and then being able to save and book those experiences directly. So that is what we are so excited by. So no longer are the days of going to Facebook groups or WhatsApp groups and saying, hey, I'm in in Zurich for the weekend. What are some recommendations? So it's been 20 people throwing into things. Hopefully we can just put together a quick Navi Savvy playlist and say, oh, here's what I did. I went to Lotte Brunnen. I did this. I ate at these places. And now you can visually see them, save them, and book that experience. So We are making some huge, huge gains here, and we have a ton of content creators, but 
we're still pay for content. I know it's not a ton, but a dollar a video adds up and you can upload up to three videos per location. Um, We probably will be shifting a little bit too and running another. We did an all summer long competition last year for whoever posted the most videos. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be releasing something for this fall, a little bit of a different strategy, um, not for content, but uh, for getting more users on board. So, and sharing content out to other platforms. Some exciting things coming. Last time uh, we had um, a girl, Florine, she won two round trip tickets up to $2,000. And I think- She's still running around on that vacation. I just saw she was in Ecuador and Panama. I was like, yeah, girl, like you go for it. So, <laughs> so yes, we basically yeah. sent them on a vacation. And so that's what we're looking to do again here soon with Nabi Savvy and, and really getting more people on board. So, so I'll be keeping an eye on that one for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can use a paid vacation, right? Uh, absolutely. When did you actually start Nabi Savvy? It was called Check the Box Travel. Mm-hmm. It actually started as a TV show that I, an idea that I had. I was, was traveling the world quite a bit alone, and I met this guy Lewis, like one of my best travel buddies, like the equivalent of myself. Like we would help cool. each other get laid, as I joke. But um, <laughs> but <laughs> so he and I traveled all over the world together, and we were sitting in Peru drinking. Um, Pisco sours. Yeah. Okay. Getting drunk as all good ideas start getting drunk on Pisco sours. And we said, you know what? Like people are always asking us, like, how do I go do what you did? Cause we're posting it on social media. We said, well, why don't we just create like a TV show that follows us around. And then we can create basically everywhere we went, we created packets originally and we'd send the packets around of what hotel we stayed at restaurants, like some of the big booking pieces. And so then we decided we'd create a web version of that and it was called Check the Box Travel. And we showed you how to go do, it was short videos that you could save and book. And that was in 2013. I had that original idea and we shot a pilot in Costa Rica and we ended up pitching it for about the next two or three years to Travel Channel and a bunch of people. And they basically said, oh, well, you're not Insta famous enough. And, you know, like we were two nobodies, which we knew, but. I was like, yeah, but our personality makes up for it. (laughs) These two hot mess going out there and it's like, you know, you could be at a museum one moment and then you could be taking a shot of tequila. Like that was pretty much the story of our our travel life. So yeah, so didn't work out. And I ended up pivoting it into uh, an app around 2017, 18 and putting some money behind the research and development and really kind of had a prototype ready to roll. In 1819, I went out and did some fundraising, friends and family around. And built my first MVP and was supposed to launch April 1st, 2020. And right. yeah, the April Fool's joke won me. <laughs> and I didn't get it launched. And it, all things worked out as is. And we ended up rebuilding the app and sending a bunch of influencers on board in which they were sitting on content that they couldn't monetize. So everything really kind of just worked out as it was meant to be, I think. But yeah, it's now we've been out in the market a little over a year and, you know, with 30,000 bookable videos, you know, we've got a good over 2,500 influencers on the app and we're getting ready to really press play on the marketing behind that to onboard a shit ton of users. And, you know, it's kind of a chicken or the egg product. It's like you had to have the content before you could get users on board. So, you know, we probably would have initiated this a little sooner, but we've been busy and fundraising and doing everything else. and. Along with the pandemic. Meta came up and 
Yeah, a long pandemic. So, you know, and I was still working another job and, you know, and you got time to do it. So, so yeah, that's the story of my life right now. That's an amazing story. I absolutely love that. It's, yeah, because I feel like, obviously, we met briefly in November and then, like, from where you were at in November back like, to here now where you are, yeah, it's like your acceleration has just gone, whoop, like, it's wild and it's amazing. <laughs> it's been a wild ride, let me tell you, but... Uh, nothing I do is normal, so that's you know. perfect. Perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, so, do you have any locations you're specifically targeting next with the content on the app, or like any? Yeah, let us ask that question first. So, we've been working with some key partnerships. Um, obviously, Croatia was one of our partners, working with kind of their their board of tourism and really trying to get as much content as we could while we're running around Croatia. And we're still always looking for great Croatia content. We love that. We love Croatia and all the people in that community. So we're, we're highly active there. Um, we've also, we're doing a lot of work in Chicago and working with a lot of their uh, concierge associations and some, some good stuff. So we have a few back uh, things in our back pocket, but um, I'd say right now, our main focus as we especially go into fall, you don't see, some of those destinations that you would normally see in summer travel. So we're hyper-focused right now on digital nomad hotspots. So I know Toronto's got a digital nomad you know, event coming up here, I believe in September. There's a lot of different things kind of happening. And, you know, I know there was a, a big one um, even just in Bulgaria recently. So we're kind of like targeting these places in which digital nomads are going to be present. Or if you're part of like, the Wi-Fi tribe, or if you're Hacker's Paradise and you're living in a location for a month, let us know. Um, what we do is we usually double all your points if you're in a location for a month. So you get, and then we also give you some recommendations. Cool. We put together a hot city list. So what we do is we aggregate the top things to do in a city based on eat, sleep, play, explore, blah, blah, blah. So we'll already kind of give you a pre-made list of like, hey, here's the top things that everyone's recommending. And then we work with locals as well. So yeah, we've got contributors all over the world. And yeah, having local people shoot content for us is just as good as having a, a digital nomad and a content creator. So we see everyone as a creator. That's so fun. Like, so is there any like, kind of, obviously, that's amazing that you obviously get local people involved too, because I feel like there's so much sort of worry around having to be either specific kind of creator or like, yeah, you have to have a specific type of like, skill or experience. Like, is there any specific content that people should be thinking about? Or is it literally like any part of like your town that you're happy to recommend? Well, I'd like to say, you know, of course, we always have these like dodgy people that try to upload everything onto Navi Savvy. Okay. But we have people that verify every clip. Like that's kind of the whole point. And that's what separates us from everybody else is, you know, if you go to Instagram reels, you can see in one reel, 10 hotspots for Barcelona. Well, now I've got to go write all those things down and save them somewhere and then Google them how to get there. But with Navi Savvy, we basically create each of each recommendation as its, its own element, you could say. That way you have all the information packaged into a bite right there. And what you say, all right, I want to go to this restaurant. All right, here's the information. Find it directly. It's easy access. You can book it directly through Navi Savvy and you can get there on the map directly as well. Mm -hmm. So we work in location and before you even go to a destination. So I'd say the content we're looking for the most is, would you recommend this to your friend? And I think that's the question that people have to ask themselves. 
And are you actually doing the experience or showing somebody doing the experience? Because we have, sometimes we have people like literally go buy in a car and like try to record a restaurant. We're like, oh. yeah, Google Maps can give it to us. Like we don't need your shit. You know, we want to see the authenticity of someone enjoying that meal or the vibe of the location. Or if it's river rafting, like we want to see that you know, experience, or even sometimes the guides that make it, you know, what it is for the experience. So I'd say, you know, we said, if you're, you only had a friend in town for 24 hours or 48 hours, what would be the top places you would take them, things you would do, local hotspots, you know, like we kind of want that like vibe to it obviously is nomads get to stay in destinations longer. They can recommend more things, which is great. And we really want to make Navi Sabi as that kind of hub for sharing recommendations through videos. So that way you can start seeing and saving and and booking and sharing. So all within one platform and you get paid to do it. So it's like, it's a no brainer. (laughs) Come on people. Like how much is Instagram paying you? (laughs) I mean, is there, do you have a favorite hotspot that you've seen on um, Navi Savvy for yourself? All right. One place that I've been watching, there's a guy from Guyana who uploads Oh my gosh. I love this guy. Like he's always posting. He's such a character. And I'm like, I never thought about going to Guyana, but I am totally going now. Like, you know, there's like some of these amazing experiences and you know, somebody uploaded something from Colombia the other day and it was some mud thing. And I was like, I was there. And why did I not even know that that was, you know, it was kind of like the backpacker secret of like people, you know, they kind of say, Oh, you should go do this or go do this trail or this hike or you know, when you go to Minka, there's this one hostel that you have to stay at that has these incredible views, but it's like, you wouldn't know that unless you were in the scene. You wouldn't just find that one hostel that everybody's recommending. I think you have to join those specific communities in order to know about that individually, but with Navi Savvy, you can kind of just see the cream of the crop that everyone's recommending and everybody's kind of going to, or the, you know, the offbeat local places that everybody enjoys. So that's kind of the, the benefit, at least. You don't have to do... We do all the searching for you, so you don't have to. That's so good. Yeah, the amount of times I have been sat on the Nabi Sabi app and been like, oh, what? Like, how, the water's that blue? Oh, my God, what? Or just the views are insane or whatever it happens to be. Yes. I'm probably the worst person because I have about 10,000 videos in my phone, <laughs> but I'm, like, so busy just recording that I never stop. Like, I never stop and go home to say... I'm going to record this next video. I'm just always going. So my team is always yelling at me like, Sally, you've got to upload all this shit that you have on your phone. And I'm like, I know. It's because I probably don't pay myself for it. So there's <laughs> the incentive for me. No. <laughs> I should start it. paying myself a dollar. For we want to see it. <laughs> I know. I know. And, the, and some of the content that's up there, it's like, holy shit. Like my dad would be like, get off the internet, kid. You know, but... <laughs> Is that what you're really doing in your time? Maybe you should like, <laughs> give yourself like a, a pisco sour for every three videos you put up or something. How about that instead? <laughs> Unfortunately, I I, uh, I I drink the equivalent that I would make anyway on Navi Savvy. Yeah. So I just, I don't, I, it's not tax deductible. I keep it off. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> no, would be broke if I didn't do that. <laughs> Do you have any advice for a remote business owner about working with investors or crowdfunding money? So yes and no. I I kind of done a bit different process. Like my first one was really a friends and family raise. And I kind of just went strategically to people that, in my case, I kind of went to people that 
I knew that had an interest in what I was doing, that also it wasn't going to break their bank. I guess I didn't want to have that guilt and the money that I did take on at, at times. I thought if this all goes shitty, I could actually pay everybody back. Like that was kind of in the back of my head. Like when I first took on the cash in the first, the first time, like if I, you know, didn't prove myself, but you know, and then I've kind of gotten into the second round in which you're past the friends and family round. So now we're really going after um, kind of our next, you could call it a pre-seed or seed round, which we're really looking in like the one to $2 million. So we're really going after that next big raise. We've got a couple angel investors that have been floating around, which if that all comes together, I guess, and not falls apart, I should say, that would be a really massive step for our company. But I'm currently in the fundraising stage now. And approached by even leaders and there's a lot of different ways but you know for me I'm an excellent networker so I basically reach out to anyone and everyone and say hey pass this along one thing I do suggest if you know that you're good at pitching I recorded a little video in which I send with an email so then people get an idea of who I am and my passion for my project and you know kind of what Navi Savvy is all about before just a cold intro email so So that's, you know, little hints like that. And then be smart about who you are, who the fund is targeting. If they're interested in female founders, go after them. But if they're in crypto or health tech, why even waste your time? Like it's, if you know the companies don't look at pre-revenue or they need to have revenue, like those are kind of the things that's like, why are you wasting your time just sending emails to everybody? So I'd say put together a comprehensive list that, you feel good about and then really start targeting those people. And if if people are really dragging their feet, move on. Like mm-hmm. it's not worth it. All of my investors have basically said yes within the first one or two meetings. They're like, I'm interested. Yeah. So, you know, go with your gut because some people will just lead you on forever. So <laughs> they're, they're like men, you know, you got to just, nope, not interested. Bye-bye. And then when they all see that you're doing well and you've got meta now and they try to come back like, oh, we're looking for a higher price round now. So thanks. But, I you know. love that. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> Do you have any other advice for also like running or scaling a remote business in general as well? Well, good and bad of that. I mean, when I was at the record label, I ran an, a remote team for the most part. They were in the mm-hmm. office, but I basically, I give as much trust and assume everything's getting done unless I find out it's not. And when I find out it's not, that's when I basically put the push on, push on shit. Like, you know, it's like, I have to trust my team and I have to trust that you make the right decisions. You're putting in the right hours and time and nobody's going to have as much passion for your project as you do. You know, like I work Saturdays and Sundays because as I need to, I have to. And but, you know, I understand also like the people that oversee my content, my social media team, social media never sleeps. And so I don't expect my gal to be working eight hours a day on, you know, I know she's putting in time on Saturdays and Sundays and replying to people. And so, yeah, I'm pretty lenient. All my team is 100% remote and I actually hired everybody that exact way. So we're pretty, you know, try to keep on having our UK team and the New York team for the most part, always having meetings at four o'clock here, which is 10 o'clock there, or trying to keep some some meetings that are solidified. Uh, at one point we had like 25 interns from San Fran to like, we had a guy in Manila. It was like, he was getting up in the middle of the night, but it's like, 
if you want to be a part of this project and this opportunity, that's kind of what it takes. So, but yeah, it's a fun ride. And I'd say you got to trust your team, but the second they're not delivering, you got to find somebody new. So when they break that trust, it's out. That's amazing. Yeah, really good advice, I think. And is there any, like, kind of, how did you know when to start outsourcing? Apart from, obviously, like, I'm assuming you don't really have a big coding background. But, like, when did you know that you needed to start outsourcing certain tasks? So, basically, when I decide if I'm going to outsource something or not, you know, at my previous role, I was a music video director, and I would come up with commercial concepts and, and tour concepts. So basically, I had a vision in my head in which I needed to execute out and into teams, whether that was the choreographer, whether that was the lighting and crew, the wardrobe, uh, really to make it all come together in a 30-second spot or a three-minute video or a complete tour and have that throughout the whole thread. Mm -hmm. So when I built Navi Savvy, I had the initial concept in my head. And I really just said, you know, I kind of wrote out as much frameworking as I could just with my terrible chicken scratch and tried to take it to somebody. And that was really probably the toughest part was knowing who to trust as developers when I knew nothing about what that language was about. You know, I come from the video side, the entertainment world, nothing about technology, nor I'm a traveler, but I'm not at all from the travel industry. So those were two whole new fields I felt like I've had to really get in and learn. But it's definitely been a fun ride to be a female that has no technical background. And, you know, the team that I had in New York originally, they did a very good job for a couple of years, but I felt like I needed to start moving into a team that I kind of had trust in, like Mm -hmm. fully, I guess, in terms of people I'd known for 12 years. And Mm -hmm. they were also retraining. So I felt very confident and comfortable about people that really had my back all the way through. So those were the things that I decided to outsource. And I figure a skill is as much time as it invests in you. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to be investing, you know, $10 an hour, $20 an hour, that's going to have to come from either my paycheck or the company's paycheck. So where's my time value better? And as a CEO, that is also one of the most incredibly hard things to do is managing the company or I'm good at marketing. So should I do all the marketing or do I need to outsource that so I can spend time fundraising? So those are the kind of things that I notice I really have to work on so I think that's so true there's um there's a phrase that I heard about back in uh April on a conference and she said I have to look at how I can get back to creating and I was like that's that's revolutionary in my mind like how do I get back to creating the thing that I'm best at so you know she would ask also admin her planning her accounts her like partnership deals she would outsource all that work to someone else because she was like I need to get back to creating my personal brand of a million followers on Instagram whatever it was so have and as yeah that sounds kind of similarized just thinking about okay what am I good I know I can do it all but what's going to save me time and give me back time to do what I'm best at <laughs> exactly time management exactly I was actually thinking about this as well you mentioned about being um obviously a female CEO in the tech space do you have any advice specifically on that? Because I feel like that's you're still a minority at the end of the day. So do you have any advice on that perspective? Well, I guess for me, I think the the two biggest things was it's hard to be a woman and especially a sole female founder because so many people feel like, you know, females are way 
under invested in first and foremost, and then in a field in which you have no experience in. For me, it was really about coming in, learning as much as you can and being a ball buster. I'm sorry, but like, you know, you have to walk in and know your shit and have people that trust that either you're not always the smartest person in the room, but you know how to find those people to support you. And that's what I've told, you know, it's like, I'm, this is not in my background and it's not in my wheelhouse, but I have found really good people that can come behind me. Two of them are uh, contract workers and David Perez is my CTO. So, you know, it makes it easy and I've got a great, they never let the the lights go out on Abby Savvy. So, you know, it's great to have that kind of support and family behind me on the tech side. And, and that was the reason I moved over to them too, is, you know, I really found a good team I could trust and they weren't sitting there, you know, trying to rack up hours or build something in the wrong direction. And, you know, they gave me honest feedback on stuff. I think finding some people that you trust and asking around for multiple recommendations and doing quick tests with people. Because if you don't have a good tech team that will sit and explain to you what the process is, they try to pull the wool over your eyes sometimes, I've noticed. And I've had that happen to me. I'm like, oh, well, you'll need to do this first. And we rebuilt in this and blah, 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 blah. On a couple of the calls I had with the previous um, developer team, I brought in two other developer friends just to listen on the call. So it was like, yeah, you want to try and bamboozle me? Well, I might not know, but I have two other people that are willing to listen on this call. Yeah, go ahead and try and run me in circles. So, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a huge part of it is finding those contacts and friends um, that you do trust to have your back um, in and believe in what you're yeah. doing for sure. For anyone who is maybe thinking like, oh my gosh, but I don't know if I've got that in my you know that kind of that circle. Would you have any recommendations for where they can maybe reach out to people at all? There's plenty of good groups out there for like. Fierce founders, sole female founders, if you're female, there's so many communities mm-hmm. about, you know, looking for people to kind of join your team or, you know, to really drive that. There's a company that I'm part of, Entree, like Entrepreneur, and they're great for connecting people in those kind of scenarios too. So yeah, there's always a community group. I'd hate to say that for things, but also if you're going to be a CEO, you have to to have a leader on the team. Like I've seen five developers creating an app, which I know about, or you have a female like me that, you know, has this side of things, but not the other. And people really look at the entire team that you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's finding the right people that mesh with you and just joining communities, going to now that you can go networking in person for a lot of finding those people and getting yourself in those communities. So if you're going after uh, developers or you're looking for who knows data people or whatever you need to support your team mm-hmm. really start to get involved in those communities and basically start dating so <laughs> I basically quit dating when I started the app because I'm just <laughs> dating and talking to people constantly for <laughs> just by the time I get done I'm just like oh don't want to meet any more new people that you know me I'm that, yeah. that never stops so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a constant meetup love it <laughs> No, but you've always got to be hustling in, you know, even when I sit at a hotel here, I was in a taxi cab. I saw this guy in Croatia when I was in the taxi, he was like, oh, well, what is this app? And I said, yeah, for every person before I get a dollar, I'll give you a dollar. So he took the QR code, put it on his his Uber taxi car and said, all right, every person that gets in the car, I'm going to have them download Navi Savvy. This man's making bank, like a no brainer, you know, so small dude, you know. You've always got to be hustling. And, you know, that's how I've met a lot of 
just people even in communities and you never know. So yeah. <laughs> My favorite was still finding um that Navi Savvy pop socket stuck on a side of like a bench on Lockram Island that one time to remember. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So if you go to um to the airport in Amsterdam, so the it's like a two hour wait to get into the security line. So I've smacked a Navi Savvy sticker while people are in the queue. So mm-hmm. I mean, how many thousands of people walk through every day? And I was like, every day I'm yeah. hustling. <laughs> You know, you've you've got to always think about your company first. So. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Amazing. And um, is there anything you wish you had known before starting a remote business? Not necessarily a tech business, but a remote business. Not everyone's going to have your best interest at heart. Unfortunately, I'm very much a very trusting person. I'll give you all my trust, all my support until you break that. And I think for me, sometimes I hang on too long to people when I should have just said. Next, because you have to have a great rapport and relationship with people if you're working remote, Mm -hmm. because you have to have that communication is absolute key. Whether it's just quickly, a you know, one of my my gals, I just slack her here and there. I don't need a meeting with her every day about certain things. As long as we're just in kind of quick, constant communication, we do set up some time to chit chat here and there and kind of get regrouped and refocused. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's probably the hardest thing is being able to have to have that trust in your team. And when you feel like you're not getting it and you're not getting the the output that you would expect, having a real conversation up and forth first and foremost. And if you're still not getting results, move on because it's not going to change. It's not going to get better. You, you learn a lot about people and their work ethic when you work remotely. So it's true. You know it. I don't care if you don't work eight hours a day, but if I say something needs to be done by tomorrow, I need it done by tomorrow. Or if it needs to be done by the end of the week, that's when I have an issue. I don't care if it <clears throat> took you two hours, but or 10 hours, it needs to be done. So I think it's also a lot of, you know, learning about people's personal time management, how well they work. So, And that's why I feel, feel very confident with my tech team and, you know, a lot of the people that I have surrounding me now. So I think there's a lot to be said also in knowing about you know how people with work people work smart not hard and I feel like when it comes to remote working smart not hard is a huge part of it exactly and and that's kind of what I do too it's like people like did you even get what did you how many hours you work today you work like six eight or or eight hours six or eight and I was like I don't know I don't (laughs) sit down and calculate it like I just sat in the hotel the other day from three o'clock till midnight and I banged out as much as I need it. I got through all my emails back to June and like, mm. so if you're not just getting emails, I'm apologizing, but you know, it was like, I'm going to feel caught up and now I can do my next chunk. And now that's caught up. Now I can focus on, I need to put through a couple contracts and then I need to put through a couple investor pitches. And so, you know, it's kind of these like stages for me of just work hard, play hard, yeah. <laughs> knock stuff out because I also have to be in the mindset for writing a newsletter. Like I can't just you know, casually look through a contract that's 18 pages. It's like, I need to be in the right frame of mind. I got to feel good. I've got to like have my coffee zoned out quiet. Like those are the kind of things I, I need. I'm a very picky worker. <laughs> no, I love it. Honestly, every time like we chat or like, you know, I hear about what you're up to, I'm like, oh, you're so inspiring. I'm sat, I'm sat and just kind of like, wow. You know, like that emoji with the like star eyes. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was me at Tomorrowland, me and the star eyes. Uh. 
Amazing. Where can we find you, Sally? I mean, obviously, like, hopefully you'll be in London next week. Where can we find you in the business next? Well, me and the business and I next, I think, you know, obviously once we get this next big raise and round closed, I really think you're going to, you're going to see two different things. You're going to see us be building a brand new product, working with a a product gal that we got out of the UK. who's amazing. Um, Really just hammering that out and talking to each of our users about what they like, what they don't like, what they want out of Navi Savvy and really getting that product market fit. And also as it pertains to not just everyday users, but influencers who are uploading, if they're uploading mass videos to the businesses, you know, we really want to make a Shopify for travel. So every small business has an opportunity to upload a UGC video in which they can sell their their business on their platform. So, and really trying to cut out a lot of the big OTA middlemen, you know, having those kind of personal relationships and and going local. And, you know, obviously, I'm not going to say no to the Marriott to put their their properties up, but, you know, we want the mom and pop next door or some of these hostels to have the exact same look and feel to their videos because money shouldn't matter of how much money you have. It's it's about the experience. So I think that's really what we're going to be honing in on. Yeah, for the most part. And then you'll really be seeing us going after a push, I think, you know, obviously with sharing uh, our video content out to new platforms, the playlist, and you'll be seeing a uptick in users here coming up too. I think we're finally to a good spot, which we have some new map and discover features that we'll be releasing in the next couple of weeks. And so there's a lot of big changes that are going to be coming. So if you haven't been on the app in a while, re-download the app, make sure you put in the update, because if you haven't done the update, you won't see everything. But if you only checked us out a year ago, we've we've grown in leaps and bounds. So it's only going to get better. So that's so exciting. I'm, I'm now like, wait, do I need to check my app now? Um, that's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of things to come. I'm excited for you guys. Well, you and your team. That's so amazing. One last thing, home, fill in the blank. Home is where blank is. Where your Wi-Fi automatically connects. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Sally, it's been absolutely a pleasure, as always, to chat. And, yeah, I'm so excited to see where Nevi's having good. And you will go next. <laughs> where to next? That's what we say. So uh, thank you so much for having me on. And, obviously, we've been talking about doing this for a while. And I'm glad it, it all materialized. And Oh, I can't wait to see you in person too. So, All right, go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Remote Life. And thank you, Sally, for taking the time to speak with us. You can find links to Navi Savvy below. Thank you so much again for listening. And we can't wait to remote work with you again soon.